Good evening. And last night we started we started a brand new series and um, uh, the book of Hosea and it's uh, a strange book from the world standards. It is a it's a book that people look at and think this is just not fair. It's not right. And we started last night looking at the fact that God allows us to go through things that are hard and challenging and, and just sometimes unthinkable so that He can show the people that are watching us um, Him. And I think that's really important. I was just listening to a song, an old song, about who's going to teach them when we're gone. And it starts out by saying, Daddy, that little boy is watching you as you talk and walk. And Mom, that little girl is watching you as you walk and talk. And the time that you have them is very short. And I think that most people would understand that and agree with that if your kids are grown. But once your kids are grown and they've made their own decisions and they no longer want to listen maybe as well as you think they should, or maybe their life has taken them in a whole different path than how you intended to raise them. Maybe you look at those grown children of yours who don't appear to have a relationship with the Lord, but yet you remember them singing at vacation Bible school. Maybe that young teenage daughter of yours that was singing specials at church won't grace the doors anymore. And so how does God reach people in our lives who are hard to reach? And I guess I've just decided that I'm probably going to cry throughout this whole study. So uh, I apologize that in advance. How does God tear down those walls that people have built against him? And I think this is important because we know that the Bible teaches us <clears throat> that those who die without Jesus um, will not go to heaven. And I hope that's a little louder, Pat. And those that run from God, it is because either one, they were never saved in the first place, or they are saved and running from God and going to face His judgment. And so as I think about my children, they are all still small but if one of my grown children one day is lost or is running from God, could I honestly say, Lord, whatever it takes to bring them back? I say that I could. I hope that I could. But what happens when whatever I tell God to do, whatever it takes becomes more than I can bear? Is it still the prayer of my heart for him to do that? 
So tonight we have seen that Hosea was told by God to marry a harlot because this harlot was going to be unfaithful to him. But yet God was going to use that as an opportunity to show the nation that they were unfaithful to him. And I want to read to you these verses tonight. And I want to just take a moment to talk about it. It starts here in verse 3. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibliam, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. It shall come to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. So he gives him a name for his son that means God is going to judge. God is going to destroy. The second thing, let's see here again. And she conceived again and bore a daughter. Then God said to him, Call her Lo-Rahumah, for I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Yet I will have mercy on the, on the house of Judah. So he says, I want you to give your son a name that means that judgment's coming. Your daughter a name that means there is no more mercy. And you say, Jake, that's not fair to his kids. That's not fair to him. That's not fair to his wife. But what we see here is that God does nothing by accident. And God is wanting the people to be reminded that God loves them, but yet they have been so wicked that he's going to have to correct them. And so tonight, as we looked last week, that in this time period, it was the most prosperous, financially blessing period almost in Israel's history, but they were spiritually broke. And I asked this question tonight, and I told you we would probably lose viewers throughout the month, and that's just the way it goes. How many of us can honestly say we are financially doing just fine, but our spiritual things in our family are broken? Maybe our marriage is struggling. Maybe our faith is wavering. Maybe our children are prodigals. Maybe those things that we spend our time and effort and money and we look back and think they had nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And so what he's doing them is he's saying this, that everything that you see about Hosea's life, from his marriage to his children, they are all going to be used by God in an attempt to reach them. And you say, well, Jake, this book's starting out really depressing. God's going to judge. God's not going to show mercy. But listen to what he says, because I don't want you to miss this. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah, will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword or battle, by horse or horseman, for when she had weaned Lo-Raham, she conceived a born a son. Then God said, Call his name Lo-Amai, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. And so you read this and you think, Holy cow, how can this be 
something that God can use. But I want to show you this, that God always gives a warning before he gives hope. God always gives opportunities for us to see what is coming and to turn to him. Listen to what it says in verse 10, though. Yet, and so we see a change of direction. The number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There it shall be said to them, You are sons of the living God. Then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. Say to your brethren, my people, and to your sisters, mercy is shown. Now, I want you to hear this. God says, judgment's coming. Heartache is coming. But it won't be forever. And friends, when we go through the difficult moments of life, when we feel that God has left us and abandoned us, when we feel that the stress and the challenges that have been put in our life are, are overwhelming us to the point that we cannot move forward, we cannot take one more step, God swoops in and says, it's for a season, but there's coming a day when all those things will be made right. There's coming a day when Jezreel will be great, when the daughters will have mercy. And friends, tonight God is going to use His people to try to reach those who have hardened their hearts the hardest, who have ran from God the longest. And this is why because God is not willing that any should perish. God will pursue people until they take their last breath. I really do believe that. The God-hating atheist who blasphemes God, who mocks Christians, God is going to continue to pursue that person until they take their last breath. And then that choice will be final. God's going to continue to pursue that daughter or son of yours who you raised in church, but yet has nothing to do with him now. But remember, it might just be that he uses you and brings whatever it takes into your life. And so tonight I want to encourage you in the valleys, in the challenges, in the overwhelming circumstances, when it doesn't make sense, be looking for how you can give God glory to the person whose heart is the hardest because God just might be using that to tear down those walls that they have built. And so as always, please know that I'm praying for you and I hope that you will stay with us throughout this study as God hopefully begins to work in your life and in the lives of those around you for His glory. And so as always, I look forward to being with you tomorrow night. And if the Lord is willing and the rapture doesn't happen, I'll see you at 8 o'clock.